the only truth in this life is in this book. We also said that, that everything we know about the Christian life is in this book. Uh, other people have written some great things, but when it comes to push to comes to shove, it's what's in this book. Um, it's, um, it's, it's just the authority. So with that said, last week we talked about the triune God, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit was from the beginning, was absolutely from the beginning. And so in, in him uh, is everything. So let's pick up in verse 4. I've got it there for you. Uh, verse 4 and 5 we're going to take together and then we're going to go down through these scriptures here. And uh, I'll ask you to look ahead. Maybe if you want to read some, uh, I would appreciate it. Again, the scripture is where we get our authority and, and, and the scripture shines on some things that John has written for us. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which come, coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God even to those who believe on his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Maybe we can get through this all today, but we'll see, and we'll go from there. All right, go back to verse 4. In him was life. Life is the ultimate reality. Uh, when new life comes into the world, we rejoice. When someone leaves in death, we mourn. Everything we do in life is for life. We work, we eat, we play, everything for life. Our friends at Google say reality is the state of having an existence or substance. Nothing beats everlasting life. Jesus in Luke 10 20, when the 70 had gone out or when the disciples had gone out and they came back marveling at the, at the fact that 
demons were subject to in his name and they could they could do all these things and Jesus told them he says uh, don't rejoice in that fact but rejoice that your name is recorded in heaven ultimately that's all that matters and that's the ultimate the culmination of real life. Um, you know, how, how long is forever? I have no idea. But if I know anything about Scripture, we're going to be there forever as God's child. So it's imperative that we do what we need to do to be able to go there. Because forever is a long time. You know, if we're 100 years old, which I'll never see that. But anyway, if we, if we, we say that's an, old, that's an old man. But in reality, it's just, James says what? It's a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. So it's imperative that we know the Lord Jesus. And John starts off and he says, In him was life. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. We say in Christian circles many times, you know, we want to be salt and light. What does that mean? Anybody to be salt and light. You know? We need to be a witness and to be salt and to be light. Uh, it's not in the verses that I gave you, but in, uh, in Matthew 5, he says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all those who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. How far can you see on a dark night? <laughs> yeah. We have a story. Um, we were going... So we were living in Dallas. Uh, Art was a baby, and we were we were going back to our home in in Louisiana, and we'd stopped in East Texas at one of Elta's aunts, and there was a storm, an ice storm had come through, and power lines were down, and and they were out in the middle of the woods. It was dark. <laughs> Velt and I was in the bed. Art was in between us. 
I couldn't see him, I could feel him, but I couldn't see him. You know, those times it's just totally dark. Jesus said you light a lamp and you put it on a stand so people can see it. And that's what they want us to see is that, uh, that, that the light of the world is him. Ephesians 5, 8 and 9, For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light of the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness and righteousness and truth. Uh, you know, that's why we have street lights. You know, uh, you know <laughs> light, light stuff up. You know, we have lights on our house, you know, to turn on and motion to turn on. It dispels darkness. And what does darkness equate to? No good. These things that are done in darkness. So Jesus said here, or John said here, in him, in Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Okay, let's run some scripture here. First John five, eleven and twelve. Somebody read that. And the witness is this that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He who has the son has the life. He who does not have the son of God does not have the life. Yeah, I don't think it could be any simpler. If you have Jesus, you have life. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. Genesis 1, someone read that. Anyone? Thank you, Brenda. Let there be light. And Jesus spoke the world in existence, and he said, let there be light. Isaiah 9, someone. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. Okay. People who walk in darkness will see a great light, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Revelation 22. And there will be no longer be any of night, and they will not have need of the light of the lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illuminate them, and they will reign forever and ever. There's a lot we don't know about heaven. We know this. No need for light because Jesus is the light. I don't know how it's going to work. <laughs> but I, I believe scripture. Okay. Verses 6 through 9. Um, there came a man sent from God. John's kind of pivoting here. Whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light. 
so that all may believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. And there was the true light which cometh into the world and enlightens every man. There are many, many Johns in, in Scripture. Uh, but sometimes you get tripped up. <laughs> well, which John are we talking about? Well, John who wrote the gospel and the epistles and revelation is what I'm going to call John the Beloved, you know, the disciple whom God loved. And then there was John the Baptist. And that's who he's talking about here. He says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. One of my favorites is the Messiah. And Isaiah 40, I can't hardly listen to Isaiah 40 without wanting to break out in song, but it's one of the first... Uh, tenor arias in the Messiah. Isaiah 40. Handel took it from there. Somebody read Isaiah 40 for me. Comfort. Oh, comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed, that she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice is calling Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. And let the plain, uh, the rough ground become a plain, and the rugged terrain a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Fast forward many many years and Mark talked about this Isaiah scripture someone read Mark 1 through 8 the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah the son of God as it is written in Isaiah the prophet I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way a voice of one calling in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord make strength for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with the water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Mark is telling about his coming back up a little bit and Luke tells us, Luke the physician tells us how he came 
someone read Luke uh, 1 through 5 and then 39 through 45? Anyone? In the days of power king of Judea, there was a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous in all the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. And they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. What am I supposed to stop? 17? Okay. Um, now it came about while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of the division, according to the customs of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense incense and the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside of, at the hour of the incense burning and an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense and Zacharias was troubled when he saw him and he fear gripped him but the angel said to him do not be afraid Zacharias for your petition has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will give him the name John, and you will have the joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn back many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. And it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous, so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now skip down to 39, Sharon, and read through 45. Now at that time, Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country to a city of Ju Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it came about that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed among women are you, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And now it has happened to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. John went on and preached and, and baptized and, and called a spade a spade, and, and yet Herod killed him. And they, he killed him, and they went and told Jesus about this. And Matthew 11 uh, picks up the story there. Uh, Someone read Matthew 11. As these men were going away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and one who's more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. <clears throat> Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. 
Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent men take it by force. For all the prophets of the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it, John himself is Elijah, who was to come. He who has ears to hear. It's Jesus talking about John. He said, he's a good man. What did you really expect to see? Verse 10. He was in the world. Jesus was in the world. The world was made through him. And the world did not know him. Art and I have told you that Christians have always been hated. Always been hated. Now, I grew up in an era, most of you did, when going to church was the thing to do. I mean, it was good for business. <laughs> it, was good, it was good for a lot of things. Uh, and you needed, you needed to understand that. And I grew up in a time where we weren't persecuted for our faith. Now, it might have been that we didn't put our faith out there to be persecuted by. That if we were a little bolder witness, maybe we would have uh, been persecuted. But the ball game now has turned. It's right here, don't The I'm a I'm out of power. <laughs> so Art's gonna repower me. So the uh at this day and time, uh to be a Christian and to stand up for Christian principles is is very much um um our um very much to be persecuted. Now, um, <clears throat> that hadn't been the case until the last several years, but it's going to get worse, you know. But it's not morality that we're talking about. You know, doing the right thing. Because we say this is the only way. Uh, Pastor Bobby is on Wednesday night has jumped off in talking about the LBGTQ community. Bottom line is, do you believe the book or don't you believe the book? It's that simple. We've watered it down. The truth of the matter is, this is truth. With no malice, no hatred, no anything. The book says it's sin, it's wrong. And we've talked about a lot of that. But it's going to be tougher and tougher to be God's child as we go on. Somebody read John 15, 18 through 25, anyone. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hates you. 
If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not a greater, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have sinned. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have sinned. But now they have both seen and hated me and my father as well. But they have done this in order that the word may be fulfilled, that it is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Jesus told us that's going to be the case. They hated me. They're going to hate you. And again, maybe we are not hated because we hadn't been standing up for him. Verse 11. He came to his own. And those who were his own did not receive him. Matthew 25. Anyone read it? I'm sorry. Matthew 27. It's been said that from an early age, the Jews have been taught to hate Christians, that we were out for them. That's anything but the truth. But right before the crucifixion, the Jews that were there, where Jesus had came, where he walked and talked and preached and healed, they said, we want to crucify him. And Pilate said, why? Just crucify him. And they said, I think it's very condemning. His blood shall be on us and on our children. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him okay verses 12 and 13 but as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of God even to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood nor of the will of flesh um, excuse me nor of the will of man but of God In just a few short, well, chapters here, 
we're going to get to one of the most familiar parts of Scripture. John 3.16. All right. Quote it with me. Read, just quote it with me, if you will. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's what John the Beloved is saying here. But as many as receive him, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Someone read Ephesians 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you were formerly walked according to the force of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love which with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, in order that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of ourselves, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant. Thank Covenants of promise, having no hope, and the covenant women. That's having good. Having no hope and without God in the world. Okay. I think I went too far, didn't I? That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. You could have said that's enough, Sharon. <laughs> Paul says, among them we too formerly walked in the lust of our flesh. We were by nature children of wrath. But God being rich in mercy, because of his great love which he loved us, even when we were dead, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace we have been saved through faith. And that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. Someone read 1 John 4. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who loves do not, uh, does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Who born not of blood nor of the will of flesh nor of the will of man but of God when John wrote the epistles he wrote to his children and he said so my little children let us love one another. And we're great, very grateful for what he wrote. By this love is perfected that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. Perfect love casts out fear. It's just a fact, you know. When we trust somebody, when we love somebody, the fear kind of goes away. We understand that. We understand that. So these are the first 13 verses of John's Gospel. And they're rich. They're rich. God was... In Jesus from the beginning. Or Jesus was in God from the beginning. And he gave us everything there is. He gave us life. He gave us his word. He gave us comfort. And he gave us power to be his own children. We've given you this little gospel of John. Um. If you want to follow along with it, 
fine. Uh, this is what I use. It's a New American Standard. I was going to get the ESV, which Art uses, but it costs twice as much, and I, <laughs> and, and I didn't. <laughs> so, uh, but in 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 the front of it, it's got the plan of salvation. And uh, I would love for you to give it away. Give it to somebody that that you've been witnessing to, somebody who wants to know. The Gospel of John is a great place to start. I have more copies if you want more copies. Uh, I bought it also in NIV. But the NIV, I didn't know when I bought it. They call it a reader's edition. Uh, there are no there are no verse headings and no chapter headings. It's just a book. And uh, if you would like that, I would love to give that to you too. But <laughs> I'm interested in what it says. I am the plan of life. And as he said in verse 4 there, you know, in him was life. And all we can hold on to is the fact that Jesus is life. Well, uh, the part that I've written in red, I would like for us to repeat again. And we'll repeat it every Sunday till we get through with, with John. And maybe at the end of, end of this you can say, well, I know what John 30, uh, 20, 31 says. So read with me or quote it together, okay? These have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Okay. Well, I, I thank you for being here. and.